0: We are answering one of our faithful listeners uh, who wrote to us for a great show idea. It's something that I've been kind of marinating on for a little while. Uh, So we are going to be doing an entire spotlight on the middleweight champion of the tenor saxophone. At least that's what Leonard Feather called it. That's right, we're going to be doing an entire spotlight on Hank Mobley. Now, if you are familiar at all with the Blue Note Records catalog, you have probably already heard Hank Mobley, whether you realize it or not. And that's part of the angle of our spotlight on tenor saxophone great Hank Mobley. The first half of this podcast, what we're going to be doing is taking a listen at some of the incredible sides that Hank Mobley recorded as a sideman. And, and no, it's not just limited to, to Blue Note Records, but there's a lot of it that is on Blue Note. And then the last half, we're going to be focusing on music that Hank Mobley made under his own name as a leader for Blue Note Records. So, strap in, Get ready, grab you a drink or a snack, whatever you want to do, a cup of coffee, because we are going to be in this for 21 gorgeous, funky, groovy, soulful tracks with none other than the great Hank Mobley. Thank you for your ideas, and if anybody else has a show idea, I'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch with me, and we're going to be talking about how you can do that on different breaks throughout, okay? Okay so without further ado thank you for listening let's listen to some fantastic music from hank mobley Alright, Cornbread! Yeah, man, one of my favorite, favorite Blue Note tracks right there. Of course, that is a session led by the great Lee Morgan. And, uh, let me check something real quick here. That session, if I am correct, let's see. Lee Morgan... That session, it was, yeah, recorded in 1965 for Blue Note Records and featured, of course, our guest spotlight today on the program Hank Mobley on tennis saxophone, of course, Lee Morgan on trumpet, the great Jackie McLean, Jackie Mack on alto sax, Larry Ridley on the bass, Billy Higgins on the drums, and the great Herbie Hancock. On piano and of course cornbread was written by Lee Morgan and it's one of the most soulful tunes in the whole Blue Note catalog so there you have it before that we heard Freddie Hubbard on his date going up that's from November 1960 and I do believe this is Freddie Hubbard's debut album for Blue Note Records 1960 And it features, of course, Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet, Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner on the piano, Paul Chambers on the bass, Mr. P.C. himself, and the great Philly Joe Jones on the drums. All-star lineup. If that wasn't good enough, before that, we heard Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers. We heard Horace Silver's very first hit for Blue Note Records. And it's a tune that he wrote called The Preacher. And that was from a 1955 date, recorded in February 6, 1955 for Blue Note Records. Horace Silver, of course, on the piano. The great Kenny Dorham on the trumpet. Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone. Doug Watkins on the bass. And the great Art Blakey on the drums. And then, before that, we heard one of the earliest inceptions of Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Course that was Art Blakey on the drums, uh, Horace Silver on the piano again, Donald Byrd on the trumpet, Doug Watkins again on bass, and Horace I'm sorry, and Hank Mobley, our spotlight artist on the tenor saxophone. And we heard and a fitting tune to start off this podcast, we heard Hank's symphony. And that is on actually Columbia Records. So yeah, I mean God, I mean, one of the earliest jazz messengers. And then he plays with Horace Silver, who kind of broke off and did his own thing. And he was an integral part of that group in helping Horace make his very first hit for Blue Note Records. And then he goes on to record with the likes of Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan, who were two of the standout stars who were jazz messengers with R. Blakey. So... Man, there you go. So, we are celebrating the music on this episode of the great Henry Hank Mobley. He was born July 7, 1930, and he passed away in 1986. And, of course, he was known as uh, an incredible hard-bop tenor saxophone player, and he was a great composer, too. Um, and, and I was joking around, but there is a degree of seriousness with that and what I said earlier in that um, Leonard Feather the great jazz critic um, called him the middleweight champion of the tennis saxophone because that was a metaphor basically for his tone on the instrument in that he kind of felt in the middle he wasn't as aggressive as like John Coltrane right but he wasn't as feather like and mellow as Stan Getz so he's kind of in the middle. And it was that kind of style that was subtle, laid back, but still very melodic. And you could tell his tone right away from somebody like Sonny Rollins or Dexter Gordon, you know. And, you know, a lot of folks say that he's underrated and he's one of the most unsung heroes of the hard bop era. I mean, there's some more Unsung Heroes, but yeah, I mean, he should be up there with the, the pillars of of great jazz tenor saxophones, you know, no doubt about it. Like, you, you, you talk tenor saxophone, and then you, you start hearing, like, well, there's Coleman Hawkins and there's Prez, and then you have Sonny and Coltrane, you know, and then that's the thing right is that you get into like Dexter Gordon and then people generally they kind of jump and they say well Stanley Turrentine and then they talk about you know more modern players like Michael Brecker, uh, Dave Liebman, Joe Lovano, um, Chris Potter you know cats like that and and they just kind of leave Hank in the back of their, their brains. They know who he is, but the truth is is that he should be at the forefront of those same conversations with Sonny and with Train and with Dexter and all of them. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Harold Land is another one of those two. You know, I really love the, the playing that Harold Land does. And Johnny Griffin, too, man. Johnny Griffin's a kick-ass tenor saxophone player. People don't give him enough credit, too. But, that's what we're here for. We're here to shed some light, and thank goodness that we have some great listeners who are, are like-minded and give us these great kind of things to say, hey, turn this way, you know. <laughs> Look over that way. Um, yeah, so Hank Mobley was born in Eastman, Georgia, right? But he moved up north and was raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey, right near Newark. Now, you don't have to be a geography expert to understand that Newark is so close to New York City, it's just a train ride away. You know, you just go through the tunnel and bam, you're there. So, I mean, that's also where WBGO is located, you know, and Rutgers and all that other stuff, right? So, you know, Major Jazz Central, you know. Um, but when he was 16, he had an illness that kept him in the house for several months and his grandmother thought of buying a saxophone to help him occupy his time so basically he wouldn't go crazy, you know. And it was then that Hank Mobley began to play. And he tried to enter a music school, but he couldn't because he was not a resident. So instead, he studied music through books at home. So in a way, he's self-taught. Think about that. You know, anybody who's tried to learn guitar on their own or piano on their own or whatever, you know, saxophone's a whole different thing, right? So you could just imagine this kid at like 16. I mean, starting at 16. Most, most cats start when they're like in 6th grade. So they're like 11, 12 years old. This guy was 4 years past that point. Here you go, 16 years old. When most people are getting their driver's license, he was learning how to play the tennis saxophone. So he made fast work of it because by 19 years old, he started to play with local bands. And months, a few months later... He worked for the first time with cats like Dizzy Gillespie and Max Roach. Then he took part in one of the earliest hard bop sessions with Art Blakey, Horace Silver, Doug Watkins, and Kenny Dorham. And that released the sessions that we heard The Preacher by Horace Silver in that last set. So, 19 years old, you've only been playing three years, and he's already creating great solos and and playing with killer cats. So, there you go. That's the start on Hank Mobley. Now, if you like any of those tracks and you'd like to check out what album art is, you know, is associated with those and the exact name so you don't have to go back and keep rewinding and so you, you know, write them down or whatever, don't worry about it. We've got all that info on our website. Just go to it and check it out. It's easily accessible. It's got info for every podcast episode. And that website is Doctor Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast, all one word. Dot WordPress dot com. And you can find out all the information there. And you can write to us if you've got an idea for a show. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget that you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast. So feel free to subscribe, like, do all that jazz. Share with your friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. So feel free to peruse around and to share it with your friends. And lastly, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so by uh, finding us at the handle at N-D-H-Jazz. Alright, enough talking from me. Let's get to some more fantastic music from the great Hank Mopley. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Ta-da! Leroy not Leroy but like Leroy like the king you know and that is from the album Philly Joe and Elvin together two Joneses for the price of one <laughs> um, Philly Jones Philly Joe Jones and Elvin Jones of course killing the drums there Hank Mobley on the tennis sax Blue Mitchell one of my favorite trumpet players on trumpet Curtis Fuller on the trombone Wenton Kelly on the piano, and Paul Chambers on the bass. Mmm. Just sensational. Sensational music. It's on the Atlantic Jazz label. So, um, yeah, Leroy. Before that, we heard... Talking about drummers, right? Max Roach and uh, the Max Roach Quartet featuring Hank Mobley on OJC Original Jazz Classics, right? Mm, from the debut label originally um yeah man great 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 stuff we heard the tune kumanchiku which is the opening track to this whole thing you know what i'm saying Ah, great stuff and it's hank mobley of course being featured on the tennis saxophone uh walter davis on the piano Franklin Skeet on the bass, and the great Max Roach on the drums. Um, Recorded in 1953. Just, man, great, great music. And then we opened up the set with the great Donald Byrd. And we heard Elijah from his album A New Perspective, Donald Byrd Band and Voices, which is really revolutionary for the time. You know, we're talking about November 1963. And um, yeah, these arrangements are just absolutely killer. And they're by Duke Pearson. Uh, I'm talking about cats who don't get enough love, right? Enough attention and enough, um, you know, praise. Duke Pearson. Uh, the voices were directed by Coleridge Perkinson, but Lex Humphreys on the drums. Butch Warren on the bass, Herbie Hancock again on the piano, the great Kenny Burrell on guitar, Donald Best on the vibes, Donald Byrd on the trumpet and the leader of the session, and, and a fantastic role as a sideband and a featured soloist, the great Hank Mobley, who we are spotlighting today. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. So whether it's Horace Silver's very first hit for Blue Note Records in The Preacher... On that album, Mobley was there. When Art Blakey went and he was at Columbia before he came to Blue Note and made his, you know, like statue like, you know, presence known in Hard Bop, Mobley was there. When Donald Byrd got his band together to say, Let's do something revolutionary, let's do something different, man. It's a new perspective. Let's do band and voices. And like it's still like jazz. It's like Okay, that's a different idea, and it's great music, but you know what? Mobley was there. And when Elvin and Billy Joe decided to get together for an album, I mean, think about it this way, right? Like, you think about all the cats. Like, who is the guy, who is the cat that connects Philly Joe Jones and Elvin Jones? Who played with Philly Joe Jones and Miles Davis's quartet, quintet? And who had Elvin Jones as like a brother, like a drummer in his own quartet, John Coltrane. You would have swore that they would have called the great John Coltrane. But no, they called Hank Mobley. Keep that in mind. Everything's about perspective, y'all. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) enough of me yapping over here. We got... Uh, Another set of Hank Mobley as Sideman before we start changing course. And then we're going to start listening to some dates and tracks and albums that Hank led himself when he became a serious leader. So one more set of Sideman tracks. And believe me, there's some good ones on this one. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Dr. Jazz Podcast Spotlight on Hank Mobley. I'm I love that ending to that. Uh, All right, so we started off the set with Corcovado, Quiet Nights of Quiet Stars. That is a session that was uh, headed up by the great guitarist Grant Green, 1965, for Blue Note Records. Killer group. Uh, We had Grant Green on the guitar, Elvin Jones on the drums again. the great Larry Young on the organ before he completely went fusion with Tony Williams and John McLaughlin for a lifetime. And then, of course, our star of the spotlight of this episode of the Dutch Jazz Podcast, Hank Mobley on tennis saxophone. It's a gorgeous date. Lots of great standards. There's I Want to Hold Your Hand by The Beatles, Speak Low, Stella by Starlight, At Long Last Love, and of course, "Corcovado" that we heard. Um, this is one of the true, like, real Blue Note vibe albums out there for Grant Green, you know what I mean? I mean, he's got a bunch, but, man, just killer, killer music. After that, in the middle of the set there, we heard, And What If I Don't? <laughs> I love that title. It's just, it's so fraught with tension, you know, And and what if I don't? By the great Herbie Hancock, um, from his album on Blue Note called "My Point of View," uh, nineteen six March nineteen sixty three, uh, and talk about killer lineups, man! Donald Byrd on the trumpet, Gratian Monker the st- the third on the trombone, of course Hank Mobley on the tennis saxophone. Grant Green, again, on the guitar. That's a twofer on that set. Herbie Hancock is his session, so of course he's going to be playing the piano. Chuck Israels on bass. That's so shocking and wonderful. Chuck Israels was um, Bill Evans' bass player with Larry Bunker in a trio for a while. Um, Yeah, great bass player. And of course, great Tony Williams we just mentioned him, on drums. And the whole album is great. Uh, it's got Blind Man, Blind Man, and King Cobra, and and, and, a bunch, and all the, the compositions are by Herbie, which is really unheard of for such a young star at that point in time. But, of course, now we know what we know, and Herbie is just a superstar. So, um, But, yeah, man, that's one of the, the... It's got such a soulful feeling to it. And to hear... Hank Mobley on it is just incredible. It's just incredible. And then we ended the set with one of my favorite tracks by one of my favorite artists, and it's from one of my favorite albums, you know. Miles Davis, Someday My Prince Will Come. And uh, let me tell you about this album. This is the album I fell in love with Miles to. There's a track called Old Folks, and it was great, too. Um, And I really, 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 really thought about playing that one instead. But I went with Someday My Prince Will Come, you know. Um, But getting back to my love for Miles, I can pinpoint the exact second. It was like the minute he hits an A in the middle of the staff on the trumpet in the middle of Old Folks. And he just holds it, and it's like a whisper. And it's like... I mean, the minute I heard in my young ears Miles play that, I was hooked. Like, that was the injection to my heart and ears at the same time. You know, it's like I'm forever a Miles Davis fan. (laughs) And not everybody can necessarily pinpoint it, and that's okay. Uh, But I can, and I wanted to share that with y'all. So, yeah, I I absolutely love this album. And... um, But I chose Someday My Prince Will Come, getting back around the point, instead of Old Folks, because this was a transition time for Miles. Miles was looking to replace the great John Coltrane, who had just recorded Kind of Blue and Milestones and all that shit with Prestige, you know, cooking, steaming, relaxing, working, all that. And he had Hank Mobley come in for an album because Hank, had that kind of like lighter tone. I mean, he wasn't like Stan Getz, right? Like we've already talked about that. But could that work with Miles? And he just happened to have Coltrane on contract. So we got to hear them both. I mean, two tenors and a trumpet. And they were so differently. They sound so different that it works, you know? And so we get to hear Hank's beautiful, like, round tone. right after Miles. He's got the very first tenor solo. And then Coltrane, I I think what it did was it forced Coltrane's hand. I think it forced Coltrane to have to be, to shift in that hyper-melodic beast mode. Not, you know, the beast mode of like running the sheets of sound like Giant Steps and not beast mode going like, you know, off for like 25 minutes You know in an Albert Eiler direction we're talking about it that same hyper melodic beast mode that Coltrane had on that solo to blue and green uh, off of kind of blue and I think he found it and it's one of the most melodic solos and not to take away from Hank Mobley because Hank Mobley is our spotlight artist and he's gorgeous his solo is gorgeous on this but how less memorable would Coltrane's solo be for the history of jazz if he didn't have necessarily somebody to spark that like I think Bill Evans sparked that in Coltrane on kind of blue and I think Hank sparked that on someday my prince will come I know it's it's a very debatable topic right I understand if you if you don't agree with me but I'd love to hear your thoughts, so you know, feel free to uh, shoot me an email or a message and let me know. You know, remember, you can find all the info about the Doctor Jazz Podcast on our website. That's Doctor Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast. And feel free to leave us a note. Um, you can also find the po- podcast where you ever you find your other podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Apple Podcast, etc. We're there, so feel free to write us a review, like us, subscribe, do all that good stuff. You know, like I said, we're not making any money off this. You know, we're not telling you about you know Bomba socks or you know Trader Joe's salsa or anything like that. You know, <laughs> so or whatever it is. You know, um, our only mission here at the Doctor Jazz Podcast is to spread the love of jazz music brighten people's day and just get people hip to some awesome music. That's all in the world we're trying to do. There is no harm in what we're trying to do. Um, And more than anything, just keep it alive. Right? So, there you go. All right. um, Don't forget that you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at NDHJazz if you'd like. And that way you'll know when each new episode Uh, the Dr. Jazz podcast drops so you can be in the know-how you know what I mean all right so coming up on this next set we are continuing our spotlight of the great tennis saxophone player Hank Mobley and we're going to be starting to focus on selections from albums in which Hank was the leader on those dates so you don't want to miss this if you need to pause pause bathroom break grab yourself a refill Grab yourself another snack. Do what you must, but don't miss this next couple sets. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. No room for squares. (laughs) Spotlight on Hank
1: Mobley. you mm-hmm.
0: I dig of you. Awesome, awesome, awesome track. And it was written by Hank Mobley. Comes off probably his most well-known album, Soul Station, recorded in February 1960 for Blue Note Records, and it features Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone, the great Wynton Kelly on piano. Mr. P.C. himself, Paul Chambers on the bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. This whole album is six shining tracks. It's got Irving Berlin's Remember. It's got the standard If I Should Lose You, uh, which has been, you know, it is a standard. Like, I mean, some of the best versions are Keith Jarrett trio playing If I Should Lose You. Charlie Parker with Strings, playing If I Should Lose You. And right here, Hank Mobley. Soul Station, If I Should Lose You. And then four originals from Hank, including Soul Station, Split Feelings, Dig Dis, (laughs) and This I Dig of You. Incredible session. Um, Yeah, God, just so great. Uh, Before that, we heard Hank's other soul from the Blue Note album Another Workout which is kind of a sequel to the Workout album you know um, but I love this track because A. Hank wrote it and 2. it's just it's it's just a gorgeous melody I mean it really uh, showcases Hank's tone on the tennis saxophone and it features the exact same cast that we just heard except Philly Joe Jones replaces R. Blakey. So you've got Hank on tenor, you've got Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. Now, keep this in mind. Wynton Kelly, Paul Chambers, Philly Joe Jones. That rhythm section should ring bells. That was Miles Davis's rhythm section for prestige when he was doing all the work and steaming, relaxing, cooking stuff. So, basic... Well, I I take that back. Red Garland was part of that. But Wynton Kelly was in on that same scene, right there with Miles. Um, And Hank is just using that to a beautiful uh, extension of that. You know, Hank's Other Soul. One of the... uh, A little bit more obscure tunes, but a good one. Uh, Before that, we heard... Uh, probably one of the most other well-covered Hank Mobley tunes, Funk and Deep Freeze, recorded in March 57. Art Blakey on drums, Doug Watkins on bass, Horace Silver on piano, Hank Mobley on tenor. Does this lineup sound familiar to you? It's the first jazz messengers from the Columbia thing, where we started off with Hank's symphony. Except, instead of Donald Byrd on trumpet, Hank called in Art Farmer, the killer trumpet player Art Farmer, to record on his album Quintet for Blue Note Records. So, yeah, I mean, just killer music. And it's just another great trumpet player that Hank, you know, has played with. I mean, we're we're talking about Lee Morgan and Freddie Hubbard and, you know, Donald Byrd, Kenny Dorham. Right, and then bam, here's Art Farmer doesn't get much better than that then we started off the set with one of Hank's earliest dates as a leader all these are Hank Sessions right now this one happens to be on the Prestige label and it's from July 1956 and it was released early May 1957, we heard Ex or Excellento, right? And it's another original composition by Hank Mobley. And this one features Hank on the tennis saxophone, the great Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Walter Bishop on the piano, Doug Watkins again, talk about loving a bass player, right? On a bass, and the great Art Taylor on drums. Now, if you've listened to the podcast just even a few times, you know that I'm a huge fan. the great Art Taylor. Arthur Taylor is, to me, one of the biggest unsung heroes in all of jazz. So, um, I'm marinating on a big spotlight thing for him too. So don't think that I'm not. (laughs) So yeah, four great, great, great tracks right there. Um, showcasing a lot of original compositions by Hank Mobley and his and how just adaptable his sound is, whether it's with, you know, Kenny Dorham, like we started off the set art farmer, you know, just in a rhythm section, you know, sort of a, a framework. He he's, he's great and he's so cool, you know And I mean? He's got such a beautiful tone. So there you go. All right. Um. alright I'm going to stop yapping here and we're going to get to another great set of music all led by the great Hank Mobley that's who our spotlight is on today the great tennis saxophone player Hank Mobley thank you so much for listening another set coming at you right now don't go anywhere <laughs> Demildu, yeah, off of Hank Mobley's Blue Note album, A Caddy for Daddy. <laughs> man, um, so much, so much with this one. Oh man, let's unpack it. So on drums, Billy Higgins. On bass, Bob Cranshaw, who you may know better as Sonny Rollins, is like longtime bass player. Uh, McCoy Tyner again on the piano, Curtis Fuller on the trombone, uh, who is a jazz messenger himself, Lee Morgan again on the trumpet, and of course Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone. Now, what makes this really interesting is the fact that Venus de Milo is there's five tracks on this album. There's a Caddy for Daddy, the Morning After. Venus de Mildu Ace Deuce Trey third time around and the thing that stuck out to me and the reason I played Venus de Mildu instead of what most people would do which is play a Caddy for Daddy which is a groovy tune don't get me wrong I love a Caddy for Daddy four out of the five tracks are original compositions by Hank Mobley because he is one of the, the, the best original composers of the hard bop era You know, interesting chord changes and, you know, lots of room for the soloist to to stretch out. You know what I mean? It's not overly complicated, but it's, it's enough to pique your interest, right? So he's a great composer for this era of jazz. And yet, this is the track that stands out to me because Venus de Mildu was written by the great Wayne Shorter. Now... If this is a tune that was written by Lee Morgan, Curtis Fuller, McCoy Tyner, Bob Cranshaw, or Billy Higgins, I wouldn't give this thing a second thought. Because I'm like, oh, they brought it with them to the session, something that they had wrote. They probably had Hank in mind. Wouldn't have thought a thing about it. But Wayne is nowhere on this session. And in fact, Wayne is one of the cats that eventually replaced Mobley in the tenor saxophone seat of R Blakey and the Jazz Messengers that went to go on to become a permanent part of the Miles Davis Quintet in the 60's with cats that Hank Mobley had played with like Tony Williams like Herbie Hancock so I don't know. Maybe Lee brought in this tune that Wayne had written. And and I don't know. But it's a very interesting thing, right? So there you go. Um, That it's the only, and it's by a fellow tenor saxophone composer. That's the cool part, you know. Uh, By the way, I I forgot to mention, and I should make a mention of this now. You know, we were talking about Hank with uh, Miles Davis, right? And how Miles wanted to kind of try him out. There's some great, great, great uh, sessions with Hank and Miles. Um, the Blackhawk recordings, live at the Blackhawk out in uh, California. Uh, there's a Friday night and a Saturday night, or you can just splurge and get the, you know, the complete uh, live at the Blackhawk by Miles Davis. And in the tenor chair is the great Hank Mopley. So that's something to consider if you if you liked the interplay between um Miles and Hank Mobley also uh Miles at Carnegie Hall uh in 1961 I believe 1960 61 is where you can also find Hank playing alongside Miles and there's a killer killer uh version of TO uh on there and yeah man it's just incredible but um, yeah, so if you like Miles' interplay with Hank, then you should definitely check that out. So, uh, yeah, so the last tune we heard was Venus de Mildu, uh an original by Wayne Shorter, as played by Hank Mobley. Now, the rest of these are original compositions by our spotlighted artist, Hank Mobley. Uh, before that, we heard a gorgeous tune that I don't feel gets enough um, recognition even in Hank Mobley's catalog. And that is Soft Impressions, uh, which, again, is Billy Higgins on the drums, Bob Crenshaw on the bass, McCoy Tyner on piano, Lee Morgan on trumpet, and Hank Mobley on tenor. It comes off of his 1960, let's see, this would be, yeah, 1966 recording. It was recorded in 66, um, called Straight No Filter, not to be confused with Straight No Chaser. Uh, but it's part of the Blue Note Connoisseur CD series of limited edition um, number of CDs. And, man, this is this is a good one. There's a lot of good ones on this. So, um, yeah, Syrup and Biscuits, that's a good one. Straight No Filter, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a, a thing where they threw a bunch of different sessions together. You know what I mean? But, man, I love it. Soft impressions. It's a beautiful, gorgeous tune, and um, I hope you dig it. And I think it really accentuates, like I said, Hank's sound. You know, it's very identifiable. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he can groove and he can also play very mellow. So um, he kind of reminds me of the, like, I'm going to put it out there. He's like the hard bop answer to what Ben Webster was in the swing era. You see what i'm saying right he's better known as a soloist with a group than on his own recordings right but uh that doesn't negate his contribution to the music to me ben webster is one of my favorite tenor players because he was like a cross combination between coleman hawkins and lester young he could go as soft as and breathy as Lester Young but he could also get as gruff and growly as Coleman Hawkins he was like the perfect in-between and I think Hank Mobley is like the hard bop answer to that in that he's the perfect in-between from what Leonard Feather was talking about he's kind of like in-between Train and Stan Getz so there you go Um, before that second tune in the set we heard one of my it's one of my favorite Hank Mobley tracks and it comes from the 1960 album Roll Call on Blue Note. And, oh my God, Art Blakey, Paul Chambers, Wynton Kelly, Freddie Hubbard, and Hank Mobley. It's just incredible lineup. And the tune was an original uh, of Hank's called My Groove, Your Move. <laughs> yeah, and man, they, they've also got an original on here called a Baptist beat, which is like totally taking you to church. You know what I mean? It's just, it's great. Um, yeah, just a killer album all the way around the board. And then we started off the set with one of the tunes that Hank's, uh, that that's one of his most well-known tunes. Um, you, you see this tune featured in every Blue Note documentary. It's called The Turnaround, and it's from an album of the same name. Um, yeah, and it's like right... Just a clip over eight minutes, but man. Billy Higgins again, providing that beat with Paula Chambers. And then Barry Harris on the piano. The legend, Barry Harris on the piano. Freddie Hubbard again on the trumpet. And of course, Hank Mobley on the tennis saxophone. Yeah, this is a great album too. Pat and Chat, My Sin, the The Turnaround. Man, The Good Life yeah tons of great tunes and this is one of the classic blue note albums like if you're gonna try to limit it to like 50 (laughs) you know um the turnaround Hank Mobley you gotta get it you know what I mean yeah all right so we are coming up on our last set so we definitely hope that you've dug this spotlight on the tenor saxophone uh I think he's a giant so I'm gonna say it tenor saxophone giant Hank Mobley. Um, we really appreciate, um, you know, our, our fans and listeners. I'm not going to embarrass them, you know what I mean, uh, for bringing this one to our attention because we couldn't agree more. Hank is uh, super, super important to the music. He's a fantastic composer. He's a great side man. Uh, he's an awesome leader. Uh, you know, he, he calls some of the best cats and he's been there for a lot of the big moments throughout jazz, recorded jazz history. So, um, yeah, yeah, Next time you're you you know you're sitting there scratching your head going, I can't think of what I really want to listen to today. I want to do something different. Do yourself a favor. Go check out some Hank Mobley. Right? All right. With that being said, we want to say one more time that if you want any of this info, album, artwork, tracks, etc., just check out our website, Dr. Podcast, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com. And... You can find us wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Make sure you subscribe, like, write a review, share it with your friends, etc., etc., etc. Right? And lastly, if you want to follow us on Twitter to make sure that you know when each new episode drops, you can do that too. Simply just find us at N-D-H-Jazz. Love to hear from you. If you've got an idea for a show, please let us know, and please feel free to comment. We love hearing comments from listeners to actually know that there's somebody listening out there. So... Uh, With that being said, thank you so much for listening. Here's our last set and a tribute to the great Hank Mobley. We just heard the title of this spotlight on the great Hank Mobley, No Room for Squares. as an original composition by the great Hank Mobley, and it featured Philly Joe Jones on the drums, John Orr on the bass, again Lee Morgan on the trumpet, of course Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone. But in the piano chair, we heard the great Andrew Hill. Talk about a wide array of great piano players, right? McCoy Tyner, Horace Silver, Herbie Hancock, and now Andrew Hill. Barry Harris. Yeah, almost forgot about Barry Harris. Man. Killer, killer. Um, Yeah. No Room for Squares, man, this is such a cool album, uh, a great album, and yeah, I mean, it's a Blue Note classic, uh, 1963 is when that one was recorded, uh, before that, <laughs> we heard "Looking East from the 1968 Blue Note album from Hank Mobley, Reach Out. And uh, a lot of critics call this, like, the worst selection in Hank Mobley's entire discography. I think that's a bit harsh, you know. Um, just because there's covers of, like, rock and roll soul hits, like, Reach Out, I'll Be There and Going Out of My Head. and Yeah, rock and roll was, like, dominating and jazz artists were scrambling to try to keep some of that audience. I kid it but that isn't a reason to discredit the whole session. We heard a track, Looking East, that's a pretty so great track from that session. And the lineup is pretty good, too. Billy Higgins, again, on the drums with Bob that Cranshaw ball, on the bass. Uh, Lamont Johnson on the piano. The great George Benson on the guitar. And on the trumpet and flugelhorn, we heard Woody Shaw as if Kenny Dorham Donald Byrd, Freddie Hubbard, Lee Morgan, was wasn't enough. Over. Let's just add the fact that Hanks played with Woody but Shaw too. I mean, it's man. just pretty incredible, right? Um, so yeah, that's where that, that's where my thoughts are. And then we started off the set with one of my favorite bossa novas, and especially when it's in Hanks' hands, ricado or ricado bossa nova. Uh, from his blue note album Dippin from nineteen sixty-five. Killer, killer group here. We got Billy Higgins again on drums. Larry Ridley on the bass. Harold Mayburn Jr.
1: Can I get an alright?
0: What? Amen. Harold Mayburn Jr. on the piano. Lee Morgan again on the trumpet. And Hank Mobley, of course, on the tennis saxophone. Hmm. Great stuff. We do hope that you have enjoyed our spotlight of the great Lee Mo- I'm sorry the great Hank Mobley um, here on No Room for Squares the music of Hank Mobley um, on the Dr. Jazz podcast uh, we do appreciate you listening uh, we couldn't be we couldn't do it without you you know what I mean uh, you're who we're targeting so hopefully you dug it and you are enjoying it so as we always like to end in saying in the great words of Duke Ellington You are beautiful, you're wonderful, and we do love you madly. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz,
1: we trust.